Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Greg Murphy could miss the 500. We've got a bulge disc um, down the lower back, L5. Pushed the, the nerve um, off to the side there, which has uh, created a, a big problem with my left leg. Sandown is secured for 10 more years. 10 years is a long time for an agreement. And we continue our chat with Jason Bright. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. A bulging disc that has been operated on this week could see New Zealand star Greg Murphy out of the Phillip Island 500. Have an operation on Sunday, um, Sunday afternoon. Um, sort of good timing in that respect. And uh, now we just got to go through the recovery process. But it was uh, we were pretty pretty agonising there for for some time. And uh, I suppose in some ways we're lucky we got got three weeks to the next race, but. If it's going to be enough time to recover or not, that's the question. Murphy does not want to risk any further injury to his back before the Bathurst 1000. The way that I've already had a hospital and, and uh, recovering, I think uh, you know, Bathurst is very safe, but uh, Philip Island's what I'm worried about. Paul Morris, though, has no shortage of interested drivers wanting to sub for Murphy, joining Tim Blanchard in the Castrol Commodore. I mean, obviously, this late in the season um, for Enduros, you know, most of the most drivers have got a drive lined up, so uh, you know it is it is quite difficult. But there's a couple out there. V8 Supercars Australia have announced that they will continue racing at Sandown for a further ten years. Sandown has been given a ten-year contract extension in an announcement made by Martin Whitaker this week. Ten years is a long time for an agreement, uh, but the nice thing is that they're putting their investment, they're putting their money where their mouth is, they're, they're investing in new new facilities, refurbing the circuit, and we're going to have some great races here in the future. Owned by the Melbourne Jockey Club, the Sandown race this year has not gone without sacrifice by the horse racing community. To enable the Norton 360 to go ahead and to give it a prime spot we've actually moved one of our feature race meetings. This announcement coincided with the confirmation of circuit modifications and supporting festivities which will enhance the event including the paddock and pit lane undergoing major refurbishment. The event would become the celebration of Australian Touring Car Championship in its heritage format also marking 50 years of the Australian Touring Car Championship and the weekend will feature historic cars, the legends of Sandown, memorabilia displays interactive reflections on the history of the Australian Touring Car Championship. Stephen Johnson and Rick Kelly were on hand to talk about the historic Sandown circuit. You know, really important for us to uh, to come down to Melbourne. It's probably the closest track um, you know, to a city anywhere we go. Um, and generally, weather permitting, we get a massive crowd here. So, uh, you know, looking forward to the next 10 years. 
Yeah, I'm pretty impressed that they're focusing more on the past. I mean, our category in motorsport in Australia has got a fantastic history and so has this circuit. So um, I'm quite excited to see some of the old cars and see them involved in a, in a race weekend. Well, V8 Supercars will also unveil the definitive 50 all-time best touring car drivers of Australia this year. The top 40 being slowly released over the next few months with the top 10 announced at the Norton Sandown 360 Challenge. James Courtney is amongst 10 athlete athletes nominated for the 2010 Phillips Sports Dad of the Year Awards. Tim Slade is hoping to confirm his 2011 plans soon with the James Rosenberg license securing Wilson Security sponsorship. The next step is to lock in Stone Brothers who supply and prepare the car. Stone Brothers Ross and Jim Stone have been in the US with Irwin Tools driver Alex Davison and CEO of Irwin Tools Nick Pritchard. They were touring the Irwin Training Centre in North Carolina. They also visited NASCAR's Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina, along with a number of team workshops and private museums before heading to Bristol, Tennessee to see the record-breaking weekend of Kyle Busch, who won all three NASCAR races held at the track last weekend. Back at Sandown, Norton have confirmed they would be extending their naming rights sponsorship of the Sandown Norton 360 until 2011. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. Coming up later, we hear part two of our Jason Bright interview. But next, Grant Rowley and Gary O'Brien will be along. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Speed Cafe, it's Grant Rowley, and from Auto Action, it's Gary O'Brien. Good, uh, good evening, fellas. Good day, Grant. Good day, Craig. Guys, uh, an interesting week it has been. We are coming to the end of this, uh, well, towards the end of this uh, ridiculous winter break, and uh, I guess I should firstly ask you both, what have you thought about this uh, this gap in the season? Uh, to be honest, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I haven't had to go and live out of a suitcase for the last uh, few weeks. Got to spend some quality time at home with the family. Uh, the wife has made me mow the lawn more times than I really wanted. But uh, other than that, uh, I think it's been a, a bit of a reward for uh, for most of the uh, most of the guys. And to be honest, there's been enough uh, sort of reasonably large news stories to keep the sport, you know, not totally. Uh, in the gutter, um, there's still been enough to keep it somewhat in the headlines without having cars banging doors. Gary, your thoughts? Um, well, I, I must say I don't necessarily agree with that. I tend to think that the break was too long. Maybe a, a month's break would have been enough, or six weeks at least. 
but the most I should say. But as Grant said, there's been plenty of other stuff going on anyway. So uh, particularly with my point of view, I've been at Shannon's National Rounds and they've been throwing up some good racing anyway. Mm. Interesting though, the Shannon's Nationals even took about a uh, a month off there when they could have really pushed their uh, pushed their opportunity with no V8 supercar racing on. Well, you've got to get the track dates available to you. That's probably the, the, the killer. Um, so it's great to say that we'll, we can throw in a race meeting, but you've got to find somewhere to have it and have a track vacant to do it. Mm. Well, I, I know that I, I work uh, calling football, and one of the uh, fellas I call football with, he asked me today, when are the V8s back on? And I, I think a lot of people who don't follow it as closely as us have found this to be quite uh, quite bewildering because uh, they go Townsville was ages ago and uh, perhaps not one of the topics I had on the list, but it's an interesting one and plenty of different perspectives on whether this is right or wrong, isn't there? Well, for sure. Um, I, I, I tend to think that your fringe, fringe interest people would lose interest because it's being out of their t- uh, scope of to- topics that they normally would cover, whereas a the people like us who are right into it, obviously, we know a little bit about what's going on. But that fringe element, you know, the people that don't read the publications as much as what we do, you know, they tend to lose um, track a little bit. Mm. It's funny that no one uh, within our motor racing industry talks about uh, the football season having how many ever months off uh, in a stint. Uh, they play for, uh, what, 22 or 24 weeks, depending on what code you follow. Uh, and then they have, uh, you know, the rest of the year off, basically. Um, so, or, or, you know, how many ever months off. Um, so, yes, motor racing is a little bit uh, different in this country where it's just not really possible to do it uh, every week. The country is so damn big that it's um, impossible to get uh, get around to and from quickly. Two weeks is, uh, you know, the uh, only gap, the, the, the best uh, gap you can you can do, which is feasible for these teams who are based in different parts of the country. Uh, so, look, yes, yeah, you guys are right. It is a big gap. However, uh, there has to be a break at some point of the year, and we're kind of taking a, a uh, nine-week gap here, and then when we get after after uh, Sydney, there's going to be a ten-week gap until the start of next season. So, I mean, how you work it in an ideal world is uh, totally impossible. Do you combine those two gaps and just have one one big gap at the end between the end and the start, or do you spread it out like this? It's uh, no, there's no perfect formula, I don't think. Well, it's certainly in mainstream media, it has been an absolute disaster. And specialist media, well, as you said, Grant, we've we've all done something to try and get the uh, stories out there and and to make our uh, our forms of uh, entertainment available to the people but uh, in the mainstream in, in motors uh, in the mainstream sporting press there's been nothing and uh, i think channel 10 ran a story about greg murphy you might have seen a channel 7 story on a tram but it it's not core business is it maybe, uh, maybe the right. answer sorry grant maybe the answer there is to um go back to something we used to do years ago is have a start the season a little bit earlier run say 10 or 12 sprint rounds over eight months and then have another break and then have three or four endurance races. Well, I'm a big fan of that. And uh, with Sandown getting a new 10-year deal grant, I want to bring back the 500. I guess we're not going to do it whilst the Norton 360 sponsorship's around. Uh, I, I don't think the sponsorship will, uh, will affect it unless they want to make it a 360-kilometre event, which I, I think 
it is, but uh, I don't think that really matters. A Norton 360 500 sounds okay to me. And look, I, I totally agree. I think the 500 k two-driver race was great around there, but you know it's also pretty good down at Phillip Island as well. Um, and uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd like to see more two-driver races uh, happen throughout the year. Not too many more, but um, you know the uh, the Gold Coast race will be a good, um, I guess, uh, experiment slash uh, entertainment. Um, and you know maybe one more, maybe we could do for endurance races and you know if there was going to be any circuit in Australia that could have a two driver race it would be Sandown for the uh, you know for the heritage reasons and uh, and you know it's the uh, ideal circuit for it as well. Mm. Gary? Yeah I agree I I think if you don't have it on the Gold Coast you could probably go to Queensland Raceway and do it there because they've had them there in the past and been quite successful. And the thing about uh, the 500 whether you have it Sandown or Queensland uh, I think the one thing is that the season of endurance, you've got two races and then you've got this Gold Coast thing. We we could have a bona fide endurance season, which could come out of a winter break and really make something of this last part of the season. Yes, we've got Bathurst here. Yes, we've got uh, Phillip Island here. But it's not, it's not really captivating to the uh, outside world when you talk about Simmons Plains and and uh, the other events that are on the schedule. Maybe that's what the uh, Grand Slam should have uh, possibly possibly been. Uh, you know, it's, uh, the, the Grand Slam was announced at Clipsal, which uh, includes four of our best uh, meetings, which is uh, the Clipsal 500, Bathurst, Gold Coast, and the uh, Sydney Telstra 500. So, you know, maybe a, uh, instead of a, a Grand Slam, maybe we could have had a uh, Endurance Slam or, you know, something... To that effect, but um, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I, I, I see no problem with any of that. Mm. Now, of course, ten more years at Sandown with major renovations going on at the moment at the track to get the pit lane and pit facilities back up to scratch. And uh, well, a real historic flavour going to be what they're putting into what is now the uh, oldest and certainly one of the most iconic permanent motor racing circuits in Australia. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sandown's got history going back to, you know, particularly with touring car racing, and um, it's great to see um, a circuit getting some upgrades. You know, we've got Barbagello back on the program now. Sandown getting a refurbish. I think it's great. Grant, what's your thoughts on this whole uh, revitalisation of Sandown? Yeah, I look terrific. Uh, the uh, the pit structure itself isn't actually changing too much. Uh, it's going to the same structure there. Uh, the only changes within the actual pit buildings, which were actually built back in 1984 for the World Sports Cars, which came out um, long before I was uh, able to um, actually look at the TV and understand what was going on. But um, the, uh, the pit buildings will stay the same. The only changes there will be that some of the concrete, and, uh, instead of having uh, two and three car garages as they're currently is now, they'll all be three car garages, which suits the current V8 supercar model. Uh, in terms of its teams, I think there'll be one, still one two-car garage, which will probably be used by Channel 7, as, it, as 7 usually take a uh, garage for themselves anyway. So um, the uh, the actual structure won't change too much, just those slight changes there, but the uh, big changes will be at the back where the um, where the road will be, will be flattened. Uh, so much better for the fans. Uh, I was down there today, and it, uh, it looks like it's going to come up 
really well. The other significant change is a lot of safety uh, safety changes around around the circuit, uh, tyre barriers, guardrails, uh, stand traps, uh, and that's all going to happen, most of which before this year's Norton 360 Challenge, but uh, all to be fixed to FIA standards. Uh, within the next three years. Mm. It is going to be uh, interesting. We can talk more about Sandown when we come back from the break here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Craig Ravel joining you with Gary O'Brien and Grant Rowley. And, and guys, uh, Sandown, it's long held a, a great place in Australian motorsport fans and uh, in hearts and uh, minds. It also is one of those great tracks, Gary, where when you're sitting in the grandstand, you can see about... 85%, maybe even 90% of the circuit from your seat. The only thing you can't see is pit stops, but a lot of us people here don't think pit stops are racing anyway. Oh, well, it's, it's interesting. You know, as we were talking prior to the break there about endurance racing, most people went to Sandown to see endurance-style racing rather than the sprint races. So, um, and with the advent of you know, big screens and whatnot, you can see what's happening in the pits anyway, and, and you certainly get a, a guess of the overall race strategy, etc. But when you're talking about that stand and the atmosphere that comes out of it, I can remember I was back there in well, one of the earlier years that I went to Sandown was back in the 90s, and uh, I think it was Peter Brock who led the first lap around, wasn't expected to, and you couldn't hear the cars from the noise in the stand. Mm. And, and that's one of the great things about it, isn't it, um, Grant? It has got the heritage, but it's also got a real atmosphere about that grandstand and the fans with their flags on the on the lawns down towards the track. That's right. Uh, the, the stand fits in 10,000 people. I don't think we've seen the stand full for quite a number of years at any V8 supercar race. If V8s are as uh, keen as what they sounded today uh, about pushing this event and pushing the uh, heritage aspect... Uh, of the of this race meeting, uh, no football to compete with. Uh, a good time of year down here in Melbourne, uh, November. It'll be nice and sunny. Don't uh, if you're in Melbourne today and you're looking outside, you wouldn't agree with me. But uh, by November, it'll be uh, it'll be pretty good. So um, it would be fantastic if that stand could be full, uh, because I know that um, I'll be uh, pulling myself away from wherever I am to uh, to go soak some of it up, mm. uh, whether it's the first. First or the last one. And, and last year, the way that they uh, Norton's promotion was done, it was absolutely fantastic. It didn't have the crowd there, but just everything going on, it already had a festival-type atmosphere, Gary. Well, it does, and typical Melbournians, they do everything properly too. They, like some of the other states lack a little bit the, with their infrastructure. They certainly do it right down in Victoria. Mm. All right, then. Now, uh, I know you had one little romantic gesture you think the V8 supercar teams could do, Gary, for racing at Sandown. 
Well, it's been suggested somewhere. I just couldn't remember where I've seen it. But talking about a heritage round where they run old old liveries, etc., uh, as a bit of an interest. Grant probably know a bit more about that than I do. They were at the uh, at the launch today. They are going to have a celebration of the 50 years of the Australian Touring Car Championship uh, this year at Sandown in November, and it will have some old cars, a lot of the old drivers, uh, a couple of uh, you know extra demonstrations and other bits and pieces, uh, interactive things that the uh, the patrons will be able to uh, have a look at. There's been no talk at this stage of heritage liveries, however it's something that uh, I know I'm going to ask some of the teams if they're able to do it. It's very difficult uh, in the modern commercialised era of uh, motor racing however, you know, not totally impossible uh, I'm sort of thinking uh, you know, your, your classic Australian teams like your Dick Johnson Racings and your HRTs would uh, would both fit the bill? Maybe uh, FPL would be able to do it with its Ford Links as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jim Beam do a green labelled uh, bottle, so uh, you know maybe they could uh, change their cars from from white to green and um, might have to leave off the Palmer Tube Mills uh, stickers off the side of the Dick Johnson Racing Falcons. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's green. just an example. Yep. Green's not a very lucky colour. <laughs> I, I wouldn't race a car with green, that's for sure. Uh, although... Doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt Speed Cafe, i tell you what, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good sight. Guys, it's uh, it's great to have you on. I, I, I thought with the 50 greatest Australian touring car drivers going to be announced in the lead-up to Sandown, with the top 10 announced at Sandown... I thought we could do a guess and go with uh, perhaps your top 50, but uh, I thought nah, that's probably too short a notice for you to uh, have the whole 50 list. So we're going to have guess and go with what we've been doing lately, the 4X Gold V8 Supercar Survey, uh, some of the questions from that. So guess and go brought to you by the 4X Gold V8 Supercar Survey. Five questions, three minutes, time starting from now. Gary O'Brien, do you think that V8 Supercars is uh, the showcase of the best driving talent in Australia? No, not necessarily. Uh, uh, yes and no, certainly in the uh, top top half of the field, yes. Uh, you know, in the bottom half of the field, no. But, you know, you look at the uh, bottom half of the field at the moment and it's uh, there's some good, good names in there with some... Extremely good reputation, so a very difficult question to answer. V8 Supercars, is it, Grant, the top touring car series in the world? Yes. Gary? Yes. Could it be better managed? Uh, hard question to answer. I'd say the guys that are managing are doing a really good job of it. I'd say everything can be done better, but uh, they're doing a better job than what I can do, so I can't complain. Is the Formula One more exciting to watch than V8 Supercars? We're talking about this year too, by the way. Formula One's been good this year, but um, comparing it to V8 supercars is not a real fair comparison. It's a race-by-race, lap-by-lap thing. One lap in a Formula One race, even a V8 supercar race, any motor race, can make a, can turn a boring race into the best race of uh, uh, anyone's ever seen. So, jeez, <laughs> you can't answer that. All right, now... It- to you, is driver skill more important than technology, Grant? Uh, for me, yes. Gary? Yes. And finally, I think here on uh, Gas and Go, 
How many more manufacturers do you want to see in the sport? Oh, I'd have a difficult question. Um, really, as many as wanted to come in, I guess. You don't have a number? You don't want to see no. one, five, ten? No, well, if you know, if there's ten manufacturers that want to come in and race cars, why not? In the next five years, I think if we had five manufacturers in the sport, I think that would be a pretty good number. But really, the more the merrier. Uh, for me, uh, in this current V8 era, manufacturers are kind of like sponsors, so uh, we're all kind of racing with the same equipment anyway. So it's just different stickers on the uh, different stickers on the car. Not quite like NASCAR, but um, you know, just uh, just a different way for money to come into the sport and make it uh, make it better. And um, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to get me a pay rise, but uh, anyway, more the merrier. All right then. Guys, it's a pleasure having you on the show. That's Gas and Go for another week. Brought to you by the Forex Gold V8 Supercar Survey. That survey you can do online at the Forex Gold V8 Supercar website. And, uh, well, I, I guess a final thought from you both now on the news about Sandown. Is this good for the sport that we're going to be going back there for 10 years? And uh, if so, what track would you like to see the next one to be given a uh, big shot in the arm for longevity? Uh, yes, certainly very good to be back at Sandown and seeing it being approved and I'd like to see Morgan Park get a go. All right, Grant? Uh, yeah, look, obviously great for, uh, great for Sandown and great for Vance Supercars and great for Victorian motorsport as a whole. Uh, I'd, um, I'd like to agree with Gary however, about Morgan Park, however, I've never been there. I hear that it's great. Um, a track that I'd like to see get a significant improvement uh, yeah maybe maybe uh, Winton uh, or maybe Eastern Creek I can't choose I was thinking perhaps Malala because it would be good to have two South Australian events again guys that's all we have time for this week on uh, the V8 Insiders Gas and Go thanks for jo- uh, for the round table I should say thanks for joining us After the break, it's the White Flag Lap where we get to part two of our Jason Bride interview. I hope you'll stay with us. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, we continue our chat with Jason Bright and had a chance to speak to him about sponsorship, the calendar and his enduro chances. Series this year has had this, uh, well, this elephant, which has been long breaks in between races. There was the fourth one when Perth was canned and now we're in the middle of a, a very long break. What is your thoughts as uh, as a driver, as a former member of the board, on how this season has been structured? Well, I think, you know, the, the, if it hadn't have been for, for Perth, you know, the, then we certainly wouldn't have had that first break. And, you know, that, that was that was unforeseen. And, um, you know, up till then and, and around that time, we were having races every every two weeks um, or three weeks maximum. And, and, you know, but more often than not, it was, it was a two-week break between 
just about every round up until um, up until Perth, and that that's how you know that's how we want it. And um, you know, in an ideal world, that's how the whole season would run. But you know, the, unfortunately, it's just not the way that it, that it can run when um, you know when you've got races in uh, February and December. Um, you know, and, and with races in February and December, it you know it just as a as a team owner, it, it gives you no time. It gives the guys and the team no time off to uh, to be able to you know to rest. So um, you know you, you you do have to have a, a break at some time in the year, and I I firmly believe that winter is the best time to have a break because uh, you know it, it allows um, you know it stops us from heading out into, onto a wet track more often. So you know it's a bit of a it is a bit of a challenge. You know I, I think that you know this year because we have got a break, but you know. I still think it was the best scenario, having started the season in in February, to uh, you know to, to be able to give the the mechanics a bit of a break mid year. If we're going to pursue this line of um, championship series and with this format in how the season runs, would it not make more sense to start the season in September and and finish it in March, April? Oh, I'd, I'd, that'd be great. I mean. Uh, in, in an ideal world, I think that would be, you know, the, the way to go. But you know, wh- which year do you say that that's going to happen, and which year do you cut the championship short and start the next one? Well, w- what um, does it matter if it makes more sense to the punters? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, it's hard to say whether, you know, whether that is the way to go. But you know, I, 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 I think a summer series makes more sense in, a, in Australia than um, than a winter series. Um, you know, most other categories around the world, NASCAR and all the European categories, obviously all have a summer series because of their different seasons. Um, you know, and we, we've always had a, had a winter series, but you know, it's not to say that it can't change it at some point. Um, you know, whether, whether it ever will, who knows? Do you think it'll get more bums on seats? I think it would do a lot of things. I mean, I, I think that you know, in television world, it would make a lot more sense. Um, you know, obviously. With Channel Seven televising us at the moment, um, you know I think summer would make a lot more sense for for them. Um, you know you're not up against football and NRL, which are our two main competitors. Um, you know I think that going up against cricket and tennis would would um, would rate even better. So you know it, I think there's a lot of positives to uh, to having a a summer series rather than a winter series. Um, whether it'll ever happen or not, who knows. Well, if you think back to uh, all those years ago when you were over there in Formula Ford 2000, you would have done a fair bit of night racing in that series uh, on the ovals. Yeah, well, I mean, night racing's awesome. I'm a you know, big fan of night racing. We obviously had the night race starting off this year in, in Abu Dhabi and, and uh, you know, at a facility like that with those lights, it, it, um, you know, it's a pretty awesome spectacle. But you know, whether we'll ever see a, a track set up in Australia... With a you know with the right amount of lighting to to really showcase what we can do, who knows? Were you overseas when they did it at Calder? I was in Australia when we when we had the Calder race. Um, that was '97, uh, I think, and I was but I was racing uh, Formula Holden at the time, so no headlights. <laughs> but we we still ran that. We still ran there. And I guess with Trading Post on board, it's great to have such a well-known sponsor and to have the um, the backing of the Telstra Corporation, how much difference is what you have to do with 
the uh, trading post organisation to what you were doing when you had Fujitsu on board? Well, I mean, every, every sponsor is different. I mean, you know, it's not just the main sponsor that, that uh, you know, that, that, that sort of demands your time um, between races that going off doing appearances and every sponsor wants a different thing out of it. And Fujitsu um, did a lot of stuff with their uh, dealers and... and um, and you know retailers, but um, whereas Trading Post get out to a lot of their customers and and uh, you know people that buy the advertising like car dealerships. So you know I guess it's it's pretty much what each company that sponsors you wants to get out of it. And you know every sponsor we have has different wants and needs. It would be fair to say though that your time with Fujitsu was probably the most um, highest profile sponsorship outside of a uh, automotive. Promoting them and Ford wasn't promoting um, Winterbottom, Johnsons, and so on and so forth. No, I mean they, they did a great job. I mean, and using it in their television commercials obviously did a, did a lot of good things. So, you know, it's great to see them uh, still out there and um, and you know involved and you know that they do use it very well. Like I said, differently to to other sponsors, and um, you know every sponsor has their their different needs from from their sponsorship when you are in a high profile situation like that as compared to uh, other types of sponsorships you've had does that help or hinder being able to get the money you need from the other sponsors does that profile you and mark taylor there on the telly i mean it has i guess it does two things one one it obviously uh you know gives the the car more exposure because it's it's, it it was used in the television ads and uh you know, that, that's an extra benefit to, to the rest of the sponsor we have on board. Um, but secondly, when, when you've got a sponsor like that on board, everyone thinks you've got enough money. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a catch-22 in that respect. But, you know, I, I think it's, a, it's certainly a positive. You know, the more, the more of our sponsors that, that use the program and, uh, and use it in, in other forms of media, um, you know, it benefits everyone involved. What are you at for the endurance races? How do you see the new rules playing out and how do you think Matt Halliday and yourself are going to complement what the team's doing in the race cars? Well, I think the new rules will, will um, you know, make it make it a better race. I mean, you know, obviously you've got um, more cars going into the last hour with competitive drivers than what we'll ever have had before, I believe. Um, you know, we used to sort of take six of the top 12 out and um and put them in the put them in the other cars with their with their teammates and um you know this year i would expect to see 12 cars go into the last hour with a chance to win rather than six and and you know i think that's a that's a, a great thing for bathurst um i think matt will go all right he's he's, uh, he's out here again in a couple of weeks for our next test day which he wasn't originally going to be able to make so he's going to get more miles than what we're expecting he did a great job for us at Brightech and and at FPR when he drove there. So I I think I think we're we're in with a, a pretty good shot. Um, you know the car's very good on its tyres. So you know, as long as uh, everything holds together, I, I think that we can be a pretty good shot at both. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you and the Training Post Commodore back out on the track as we uh, approach September. Cheers, mate. My thanks once again to Jason Bride as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.